0: Seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another amazing program lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsors.
1: When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors, Gina Ripkema, Shelly Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelly Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: Realtors Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty are here for all your real estate needs in Bemidji and the surrounding communities. Whether you are looking to purchase a home or looking to sell, call the award-winning customer service team to help. Please contact Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Ailsworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Team Ailsworth with Real Living First Realty, where you are their priority. Thank you so much, sponsors, and thanks to all of you for choosing to tune in. I am so thrilled to welcome to our show Miss Jocelyn Flowers. Welcome. Hello, hello. Hello, Thank hello, hello. Oh, you are so welcome. I am so thrilled that you could join us. And uh, for those of you that listen regularly, you will know that Joss is on the phone with us from California. So, what time is it there? I'm just yeah. kind of curious. Oh, I think we're already in the 80s, and it's nice and early still here. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I just, you know, we can't imagine. Although, you know what it's like, because you actually came from the Midwest before you moved to California.
1: Yes, I did. I'm actually originally from Sturgis, Michigan. So if any of you are familiar with Michigan, I'm right down on the, about 10 minutes from the Indiana border.
0: (laughs) Wow. It's amazing. So I was curious, uh, because we're going to talk a lot about what you do in your profession uh, and the Sanctuarian, but what I was really curious about is um, what brought you to California? Was it the work opportunity? Was it just you needed to get where there weren't winters like we have in the Midwest? I was curious about that. Yeah, well, it's
1: a little bit of both. Um, I definitely was looking for somewhere with a lot warmer weather. Growing up in the Midwest, uh, we know those harsh winters. Um, And so I really wanted to kind of branch out to somewhere new. I had lived in New York for almost five years, and I decided, you know, I want a little change in pace, and why not add some better weather to that? So I actually moved out to California a week before the pandemic started. Um, and I launched my business on
0: the West Coast, um, and it's taken off from there. So let's talk about that business a little bit. And, and of course we'll integrate so many different things into our conversation today. Your business officially is known as the Sanctuaryan. so tell us a little bit about the business, what you do with that. And really, I, I for me, it's like a faith driven thing. It's like how God brought you to that, because I think, you do create a sanctuary for people.
1: Yes. Um, so I am a professional organizer and productivity specialist. So I work with a variety of different clients, whether it's through virtual assistant work, social media management, or actual home organization. And the sanctuary actually came about, um, I was actually at a um, bigger game conference, um, hosted by Rick Kamlin which you know, and... I was trying to kind of figure out how do I explain what I do and, like, the energy that I want to bring to my clients in a way that's going to make sense. And so I was going through describing different things that I do, how I help clients declutter their homes and really create a space that they can come and unwind and not have the stresses that go on in the regular world outside of their home. And this lovely lady, uh, she was like, really kind of... Like a sanctuary, and you're just giving them that that, their own sanctuary. And I was like, that's it, that's exactly what I am. And so I really just embodied that entire kind of feeling. Um, And I do that with each of my clients, like I said, whether it's doing virtual assistant or being in the home with them, creating a better function and organization to their space.
0: And obviously, we know that you do an amazing job with this. I actually met you attending a Produce You conference, and you were this person that was greeting us, and you had this just warm smile and friendliness. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I need to meet this person. Like, she's got joy. (laughs) She has joy. And anytime, you know, it's kind of like you know when you know when you know, right? You know when someone has that kind of joy in them that you want exactly. to be you want to be around them you want to be a part of their lives and so i think if i remember correctly you i had said something to you like Boy, I need a little more sanctuary. I need I mean, I know I have the Lord, but I need like my home to feel more sanctuary. And I got multiple things going on all the time. And you said, Well, we can talk. I'd love to you were like, Well, we can talk. And I think you sent me an email a few weeks later and, and we connected and it's just been uh, just been amazing to have these great conversations with you and knowing that you help people so much. I we have to share this story. Joss of, um, you, I I love when you were sharing with me a little bit about your journey of faith and you were talking to me about this outcast that we called it. Okay. That's probably, I need to be careful, but the outcast church, like this was a piece of, for you, um, really getting to know Jesus. And I, you've got to just talk to us a little bit about this because it really had an impact for you.
1: Yes. Um, so I was someone who didn't really grow up in the church. Um, and found it later on in life, and I had been baptized as a baby because that's just kind of what the tradition was in the family, whether you grew up in the church or not, Um, but I chose to actually begin going to church as an adult, Um, and it's not actually named the Outcast Church, but it's the easiest way for me to describe it because it's really just kind of welcomed anyone and everyone. It didn't have any kind of judgment. Um, And I got to meet so many wonderful people from all different backgrounds um, and different life experiences in general. And it was just really great because they really incorporated. I'm a lover of music, of all types of music as well. And music was a huge part of their congregation and their service. And it really just made me feel welcomed, um, where I had been to other churches that didn't make me feel as welcome. Um, so it really just kind of made my transition and going into church more regularly as an adult more welcoming. Um, and so I actually made the decision to be re-baptized as an adult because I wanted to actually go through... The entire process and know the meaning and um, kind of the journey you go through um, for your baptism. And so I wanted to know that as an adult.
0: And it's so I I love that you're bringing this up, because I think for a lot of people, there's that intentional decision at that point, right? There is something and and when we go through it as an adult, like, it's just different, right? Like, there's an experience you go Mm -hmm. through. And trying to describe that, I think, um, sometimes it's almost it's an experience right it's sometimes hard to describe there when yeah. we when we used to do a mission in Kenya like literally we would go down to the river and literally people would be baptized right there and it was not nec- it wasn't necessarily a river like we might know the Mississippi or Missouri at the headwaters right like it's just yeah. um you know and you're literally people are you know just getting you know put into that so I know one of the things that really impacted me uh, also was, you know, one day you were talking and, and your arm goes up and I see this scripture on your arm. So I was curious about when you made the decision to get your fa- one of your favorite scriptures tattooed on your arm.
1: So I actually um, have a cross with my baptism date Um Being baptized as an adult and the whole scripture um, that I had to recite during my baptism. So that's actually the scripture that I um, ended up getting tattooed.
0: So we should tell everybody what that is. Uh, You're going to make me recite this right now. Well, not the whole thing, but it would be nice to at least give them an idea. Uh, Now you're putting me on the spot. Well, (laughs) look at your arm.
1: Yeah, well, you don't have to say I mean, the whole
0: thing. Just give us the context of where it's at. Uh, my, now you've got me all
1: flustered. Okay, okay, dad. we
0: can come back to it. Sorry. <laughs> I I know that I could, I could actually probably say it for you just because for me, when I, because one of the things for me that was really important is that um, we were talking one day and you actually had put your arm up and I was like, that's a cross. And it was for me, there was that moment of connection and there was that moment of when I had seen that joy in you, it was, Mm -hmm. this was a connection point to me, right? Like this was, oh yeah, this is, this is a piece of the connection, if that, if that makes sense. And there's sort of just that, you know, when you know, when you know, kind of a um, component to it. And we can come back to Mm -hmm. that. I know, I know. that was, you know, when you and I had had that moment or conversation around that, I just like, okay, this is really important. Anybody who chooses to get a tattoo on their arm of that moment, it's an important thing for them, right? Like that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So uh, we can come back to that. I, what I really want to um, tie in for people is in the work that you do uh, with the organizing and professional assistance, one of the things that we know for people is that it's difficult to, do the things that they want to do, um, whether it is, you know, being out in nature, you know, taking a walk, being with their family, spending time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's hard if a home is full of clutter and clutter can get in the way on multiple levels for people. So what are some of the things that you do when you work with people to help them find that that place of sanctuary? Well,
1: when I first meet with a client, I really just kind of ask them, what does your ideal space look like? What What is the feeling you want to have when you walk in the door? Do you want to have kind of this bright, kind of energetic kind of feeling, or do you want something that's a little bit more tranquil? And, you know, when you walk in the door, you can just sigh and let go of all of those things that may have happened throughout the day, and it just brings that joy. And for me, organizing brings me so much joy. Um, I love finding new ways to make spaces work. I may have reorganized my office probably 50 times, probably in the last year, um, because I would I, I would work with one kind of function and see, hmm, is this something I want to keep? Is this bringing me joy? And if it didn't, then I switched it up a little bit. Um, so I want to be able to bring that to my clients as well. And I know that as your family continues to grow, especially if, your family with young children, and as they're coming into the, their teenage years, into their adult years, things are gonna change. The same functions and setups that you may have while they're younger may not work when they're a young adult. So it's ever-changing, and especially once they, again, grow up and they're not, you've now become an empty nester, okay, what is the space going to be for you? As a couple, again, or just as a parent in general, How do you want your space to feel for you? Um, And so really trying to create that sanctuary to where no matter what, you know you can go to that space or that part of your home, and it's just going to exude joy and tranquility.
0: What do you think gets in the way for most people of taking the step to get to the creating the sanctuary? Like there's something in here about – like, we all know that we would feel better if we had that place, but for a lot of people, they just never move themselves to that place. What do you find gets in the way for them?
1: I think it it, it comes down to just the fear of missing out or the fear of, oh, I may need that somewhere down the line. Um, and so that's when they really start to hang on to things. And, you know, when you do have children, there's little pieces from their childhood that of, oh, that was their favorite toy, I need to hang on to that so they have a memory to then pass on to their children. Or um, just diff- their little artwork that they bring home from school. Um, things like that where it, it has a purpose at one point, but it doesn't need to be hung on to forever. Um, so it's really just kind of that that fear based of, I don't want to lose this, this is memory, but you can figure out a different way to... Organize it. So I have, I've worked with a few families that love, they saved every single art piece that came home uh, while their kids were in school. And so what we did is we actually created a kind of a picture book that I had them choose one piece of art from each year they were in school, and then we created a picture book for them. So they were still able to pass that down to their children um, and their grandchildren and show, this is what your parents did. Um, but it helps them kind of alleviate the um, overabundance, the the clutter really that kind of just held them down um, and, and kind of giving them a purpose to where, yes, you can still keep some of those things, but you don't need to keep everything. Um, so that's where the decluttering really comes into help.
0: I think I am probably one of those parents that uh, would, (laughs) I think I had folders and I had each year and I had all these things. And finally with the kids, we just sat down and we're like, okay, let's keep, you know, one or two from each school age year and then let's come up with a way to you know, pull these things together, I think. And I I just remember when I being a young mom, when I first started out, it was like I was so afraid to get rid of anything. Right. Like I just Mm -hmm. it's like I wanted to just hang on to every single moment of my kid's life. I wanted to hang on to every single um, everything. I don't know. It was like somehow. And then I finally realized one day, you know, the picture is just one piece of what the kids, you know, how we create those memories. Right. So there was definitely something. Um, exactly. kind of interesting about that and what as you're working through the process with people where do mm-hmm. people start to get stuck like okay we've started moving through the process and then we're going along and then all of a sudden stuck roadblock something happens
1: it generally um, it, it comes to those sentimental items that's where you start to hit the roadblock where you start to feel a little bit more of that resistance because those those have a memory, those have a feeling, those have a special time in their life that automatically comes flooding back to them when they see that. So that's generally where you kind of hit that roadblock in resistance of moving through that change. And um, So I definitely work with clients very delicately through these things um, because there's a, I've worked with a few clients that have had multiple things they've inherited down from family generations where some of them, it it didn't really bring them joy, but they they didn't want to get rid of it because it was a part of their family's history. So that's definitely one area that you see a lot of resistance. Um, Another one is if it's a major change, like if you're changing the major function of a space, so for instance, the kitchen. Most families basically live in their kitchen at least. 80% of the time because they're they're in and out getting their breakfast, they're getting their lunch, they're getting their dinner, they're coming through getting their snacks after school, things like that. So you really, that's one space that needs to function the best for you. Um, And one thing, because you mentioned that you sat down with your kids to go through the artwork, I always encourage um, those who have children, incorporate them in the process because... That's going to help them also develop these different fundamental organizational skills that they can then use throughout their life as well. Um, but it also makes them feel good that they get to be involved. It's not just, oh, it's an adult thing, oh, and this is the children thing. Um, and, and one thing that I work with a lot of families on is the kid playroom or their bedroom. How do, how, okay, how do I organize the toys? How do I organize all their books? All of these things, and I like to bring the kids in and see. Okay, what's gonna work best for you? Where? How do you like to grab your toys? How do you like to grab your books? How do you how do you like to get your clothes ready in the morning? Things like that, and creating a function that both works for the parent and the child, so they feel a part of the entire process. Um, and so. That's another area where I may find resistance is kind of helping blend the two and bring everybody together. Um, Because one organizational system may work for one person, may not not work for the other spouse. So you want to find that even balance between the two. And so that's another area where you get a little bit of that resistance.
0: What are some of the trends you've noticed going through COVID and coming out of COVID with the amount of stuff? that people have either been going through or have been completely avoided going through because people have had different reactions during the COVID time.
1: Yes well I think because COVID made everyone slow down and it kept a lot of people in their homes for almost six months and so now that it may be a family who had these busy schedules. They're running all over the place. They're they're taking the kids to sports. They're taking them to music class. They're taking them to school, things like that. So it was kind of just a tornado of movement that they have gotten used to, kind of in a routine, to where now this made them slow down and really notice everything that had built up in their house. So one of the biggest trends that I've seen is people really actually started to take the time to start to purge their stuff and really declutter, and figure out okay, how do I want my home to be for me? And and so it, it definitely, when you get to that finished product, that finished um, setting, say, let's say when you you go into your kitchen and you know, okay, I know where this utensil is going to be. You know where this these dishes are going to be. And by creating that function. it it takes away the stress of having to search for things. You now have put a system in place to make things run smoothly, so then when, now that things are starting to open back up and you're starting to get back into that busy routine, it's gonna cut down on a lot of time. Um, That is spent just doing things that aren't really that important, having to search for this dish, having to search for this container, things like that that take up extra time that you could be spending with your family Um, it it just gives you back your time and it gives you back those moments that you may, you may have missed.
0: And I'm glad that you brought up the, like you talked about the kitchen. Uh, One of the things that we noticed is more families were eating meals together again and coming around, like actually spending that time together. And so having a space that works and not piled high with stuff. I mean, How many places do you go? And there's so much stuff on the kitchen table. right? How would we possibly sit down for dinner? Right. I know you've encountered that. Right. So that's definitely something that we had a lot of friends that were commenting on, you know, Facebook and other things saying, oh, my gosh, we actually have started sitting down and eating dinner together again. And, you know, we think about those, you know, foundational components of, I mean, like for us, that was a part of our rhythm, right? It was, we sit down to dinner, we say a prayer, we eat, right? Like that was a part of our daily thing. And yeah. as people get busier and busier and busier, it's, oh, let me just heat up my thing in the microwave. And then, right? It, it's like mm-hmm. we get away from it, It's on-the-go meals. It's,
1: what can I do and still do something else at the same time? Um, it's kind of trying to multitask instead of having those genuine moments. And and one of the things that I really noticed with families that I work with is, yes, they were sitting down and actually having meals together. They were preparing meals together. So it wasn't just, okay, here's your food, sit down, eat, okay, then go do your homework. They were actually being more involved with each other and re- really getting to know. Uh, there's a couple parents that I worked with, that they were like, I feel like I actually know my kid again. <laughs> because... They're they're not just going through all the motions of, here's the schedule, this is what we have to do throughout the week. I actually get to have real conversations with them again. Yeah. And because, like you said, where things just start to pile up on the dinner table, it becomes a homework station, it becomes a workstation. And so being able to clear that clutter away and really have a space where you can reconnect. Um, And another thing is, is more families were starting to have dinners together and it was taking away the time they would have been on technology. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I remember growing up where it was put your phone down. If the phone's on the table, then we'll take it away. Like we are here to be present with each other while we're having dinner. Then you can go back to the technology, Um, whether it was for homework, things like that. Um, I I found that a lot of families were starting to do things outdoors with each other. Like they were finding activities to really kind of bring them back together as a family. Well, the pandemic (laughs) and being able to remove that clutter.
0: I'm laughing that you say, I don't know about you, my friend. When I grew up, there were no such things as cell phones and we had the old <laughs> rotary phones and we didn't even have two line availability. And I had a two minute limit on the phones. <laughs> you didn't have the party line? Uh, we no. did not have that. No, we did not. So, I mean, boy, have things changed and how has that changed, right? The way that we function and work in society, like it's had a, a profound impact. So yes. I want to at least touch briefly on, so you do this, this piece of the organizing, you also help, businesses and people organized by literally as a virtual assistant. You do what somebody normally would be sitting in an office doing, but you do it from your home.
1: Yeah. Um, So that's another piece where I want to give the clients their time back. Where doing the social media management, doing the virtual assistant, I'm able to take tasks that take anywhere from one to five hours out of their week that really the most fun tasks that you, you generally want to have as a business owner, but I'm able to take some of those tasks away because those tasks actually bring me so much joy. Because I am a very OCD, very structural person. I love systems. I love figuring out. Okay, how do we file this? How do we how do we come up with these timelines? That's something that brings me immense joy. And so, if I'm able to give the client that time back that would have been spent on these administrative tasks, it allows them to step fully back into their business and be present and do the thing that they actually love to do um, instead of having to worry about all of these task management stuff that they need to get.
0: And you do a great job, and I know that you have a lot of clients. I always, um, (laughs) this is so funny, like for me, it's like you're sort of the rescuer. It's like you're going to come in, (laughs) save the day, here comes the cape flying, because you literally do. You take charge, you get things organized, you get people on task, and and really get them coordinated to what they should be doing. So we've just got a couple of minutes left. If someone were going to get started with getting to this organized place in their life and um, really developing this sanctuary, um, let's give them one or two tips that you would. Yeah. Them. And then also we need to let people know how they would reach out to you if they have any additional questions.
1: Absolutely. Um, so the top three things I always um, give clients to take away if they've had a conversation with me or met me at an event um, is kind of like their next step is find one space in your home. It could be a small space. It could be a large space. And figure out what section of that space you want to go ahead and tackle to declutter. So, for an example, we'll we'll say the kitchen. Okay, this week I'm going to tackle that, that junk drawer. Everybody's got one in their home. They may even have multiples. Find one thing to focus on and declutter that. Once you start to declutter one space, it's going to want to make you declutter another area. So then, I I always recommend taking on small projects first, working up to the bigger ones. Generally, when you start with a big project, you you get overwhelmed really quickly. By being able to break down a single space into multiple different sections, it helps you go through that and move on a lot quicker, and the space actually starts to transform much quicker as well. Um, Another thing is, again, Get the family involved. Make it a full family affair when you're um, decluttering the different areas. And again, find find what brings you joy. Are these items that you're hanging on to bringing you joy or
0: not? Those are just some great tips and great things. Joss, where can people find you if they have more questions? Yes. Um, so I
1: do have a website. It is jflowersorganizing.com. I am also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, If you just
0: type in jflowersorganizing, I'll pop up um, and you can reach me on any of those. All right. Thanks so much, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for joining us and giving us some great tips on finding our own sanctuary and creating sanctuary in our home so we can free up to have the time focused on the things we want to do. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for choosing to listen. Please remember to go out, live joy, and share joy. Live joy, share joy, shine.